Good morning, First Baptist family. Again, if you'll take your copy of God's Word and join me in James chapter 5. James chapter 5, we'll begin reading in verse 7 in just a moment. I want to begin by saying, Pastor Ricky, thank you for leading us in that wonderful time of praise. I know it's a unique time to sit on the couch, lay in the bed, sing praises with kids gathered all around, but they're praises nonetheless. The Lord has given us a new song. We'll continue to sing his praises. Throughout the book of James, we really have been understanding, really seeing over and over again that faith without works is dead. That faith, true saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, if it's, if it's not supported by works, then it's, then it's dead. We've got to be very careful. We've said all along that we're not saying that, that works is what saves us. It is, it is faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. But, but faith that is, that is not visible through faith, faith that's through works, faith that's not portrayed and seen through works, oftentimes can, as Scripture shows us, can, can be an actually, actually a, a very empty faith. James has given us several tests of genuine faith, faith that is proven by works, a tongue that is bridled, being characterized by wisdom from above, avoiding worldliness, pursuing God's will for our lives. All of these are tests of faith that we've seen throughout the book of James. Works, deeds, our speech, how they reveal the faith that is real in our lives. Now what James does is he actually gives us another test of genuine faith. Now are you ready for it? I know you're excited about it. This is a test of patience. A test of patience. James chapter 5, we'll begin reading in verse 7. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. Brothers and sisters... Take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count as blessed those who have endured. You have heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. What outcome? The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray that as we enter into your word this morning, that Lord, you would truly speak to our hearts. Lord, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I pray that as we dig into your word this morning, that we would be reminded that even though we wait, even though we wait for the second coming of Christ, that Lord, as we wait, you have called us to be faithful. Lord, I pray that that our words, our actions, our deeds would continue to prove, Lord, the faith in us that you've granted to us. Lord, as the world is watching, even in these crazy times, in the midst of this current trial, Lord, I pray that we as your people would wait patiently and that you would find us faithful. Speak to our hearts. Lead God and direct us. I ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Let me ask you, have you you wondered in recent weeks what God might be trying to teach us in, in the midst of our current trials? 
Have you wondered over the past few weeks what God might be trying to say to us in the midst of this epidemic? What if this epidemic continues to last? What, what, what happens next? Through all of this, I know that I've seen people asking the question, well, you know, is, is this a sign? Is this a, an, another, a, another prophecy fulfilled before the next coming of Christ? We have a lot of questions about what's going on and why it's happening and what is God trying to teach us through all of this? Can I be perfectly honest with you? I don't know the answers to a lot of those questions. It's not my place to know. But what I do know is this, that even in the midst of this current trial, there's something that we as believers should be faithful to do. Even in the midst of the trial, even in the midst of the suffering, even in the midst of the trying time, there's something that we as believers are called to do in order to reveal the faith that is in us. This test of patience, even the current one we're in at this moment should reveal the character of Christ in our lives. So what does that look like? With this test of patience, what is it that we're called to do? How are we to respond? Well, there's really three truths that we see in this text. I know a preacher coming up with three points. It's here in the text for us. It's really laid out very quite simply. The first truth that we're called to see in the midst of this test is that we're just simply to be patient. In the midst of the trial, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the suffering, James reminds us to be patient. Look at verse 7. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. James uses a picture of a, of a farmer to show that God, that God, what really what God earning patience should look like. You see, farmers, they live dependent upon God's provision through the weather. Farmers can't determine when it's going to rain. They have to wait patiently for the Lord to bring the rains. That day and time and that place where James was writing, they would often wait for two different really rainy seasons. But they had to wait for the rain for them to be able to prepare the soil. And then they had to wait for the rain to grow the crops after they had planted it. They were constantly waiting on the Lord's provision. They didn't determine the rain. In the farmer, you and I as believers were reminded that faith involves trusting God with what we cannot control. True faith, as we've been walking through the book of James, true faith ultimately is just, is, it, it involves trusting God, completely trusting Him with everything that we cannot control, like COVID-19. Like the craziness that we're living in the midst of, you and I can't control that. We're, we're, not, we're not responsible for it, but, but even through it, we, we trust God to bring about his providence. We patiently wait. So James says, when it comes to the Lord's coming, when it comes to us waiting for his return, and when it comes to even the injustice that surrounds us, even the pain and the suffering that we find ourselves in, James says, just like the farmer, we are to trust God with what we cannot control, hear me, while at the same time honoring him with what we can. You see, the, I think James is very particular in choosing this picture of the farmer. You see, what James is doing here is he's reminding us what true godly patience look like. looks like. You, you see, patience does, does mean we're doing something. It, patience does not mean inactivity. You see, the farmer, 
He is constantly working. When we think of patience, sometimes in this day and age, we think that we can just sit back and fold our arms and wait for something to happen. That's the world's picture today of what patience is. The farmer absolutely has, has nothing to do with that kind of patience. The farmer was very, was very hands-on. He was constantly working. The farmer prepares the soil. He tills it and he works it. Then he, then he plants the seed and then he's done, right? Then he can just sit back and wait. Absolutely not. Right? He, he's constantly working his field. He's pruning the crops. He's taking care of his equipment. He's constantly using his hands. He's faithfully moving and working, being diligent, waiting for the coming harvest. But he's working nonetheless, patiently waiting. James tells us at the very beginning of this verse what it is that we're waiting for. Right? Look at it. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. You and I, we're we're patiently waiting to see Jesus. You and I are, are waiting for the second return of Christ. Now, now whether he calls us home in death or whether it is he calls us up into the air and join him, what we're waiting for is to see Jesus face to face. That's what we long for as believers. That's what we're patiently waiting for, yet at the same time, we're faithfully doing something. Well, what is that? Well, there's a second truth here in this text. James reminds us that in the midst of the test, in the midst of the trial, we're to be patient. But secondly, James tells us that we're to strengthen our hearts. Be patient and listen, strengthen your heart. Pick up in verse 8. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. You know, in one short verse, it's amazing to see that James uses two imperative verbs here. They're commands. Let's put it that way. James is commanding us as believers. Be patient and strengthen your heart. In the midst of the trial, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the craziness and the chaos, be patient and strengthen your hearts. This word for strengthen, it can mean literally to establish or to make solid. It can mean also to prop up in order to prevent collapse. So what James is teaching us here, what he's commanding us is not only to be patient, but he's saying work diligently to prop up your heart. Work diligently to strengthen your heart, telling us to courageously stand firm while we wait upon the Lord. You see, I don't believe what James is telling us here as believers in the midst of the trial and the suffering as we wait for the return of Jesus. I don't believe what James is saying is just do something. He's not saying just get busy, just work, just, just do something, right? Make, make sure people see you working, doing something so you're not perceived as being lazy and having idle hands. That's not what James is teaching. James is saying what's most important in the midst of the trial is that you patiently wait for the Lord, but the task before you, church, is that you strengthen your heart in Christ, that you work to prop up your heart in, in Him knowing that he's coming again, knowing that he is soon to be here, knowing that we will ta be taken from this world, knowing that the midst of the, in the midst of the suffering and the pain that we experience, now knowing that it's coming to an end, strengthen your heart in Christ Jesus right now. 
we read it a moment ago, but Psalm 40 really is just a beautiful picture of this. Again, Psalm 40, 1 through 3, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, maybe a pit like COVID-19, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see in fear and will trust in the Lord. You see, the psalmist understood that even in the midst of the pain and the suffering and the trials that he was going through, that if he would just simply wait patiently upon the Lord, that the Lord would lift him up out of the pit and place his foot on a solid rock. And then from that point forward, the psalmist would have a new psalm of praise exuding from his heart. You see, we can, waste, we can patiently wait upon the Lord. We can strengthen and we can establish our hearts in the fact that Jesus is coming again soon. Or we can complain. We can cast blame. We can put fault on others and hold them responsible for our own miseries. So that's basically what James is getting at when he gets to verse 9. Look at it again. Verse 9, and he's saying in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of all that's happening in your life, it, it's, it's easy oftentimes to blame others for your miseries. But, but you've got to understand that that can be destructive and sinful. Right now, in the midst of the chaos that we're living in, it's very easy to get wrapped up in the, in the fault of someone else and, and, and point out the the, the speck in their eye, right? While we forget the log in our own. We, it's easy for us to blame and, 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 and cast doubt and fear on someone else when we find ourselves in the midst of trial. Hear me, sometimes others around us actually might be responsible. They might be putting us through that trial. Yet the, the question is, who is the blame upon? We sometimes begin to act as judge and we forget that Jesus Christ is coming again, that he will be the judge. He will be the judge of that person and of us. He'll be the judge of every one of us. As believers, instead of deflecting blame and casting fault on someone else, what we're called to do is to be patient and to strengthen our hearts to draw near to Christ as he draws near to us and to, and, and, and to allow his moving in the Holy Spirit to, to be what strengthens us each and every day. Right now, in the midst of the trial, are you still leaning in on Jesus? I don't know what, we're in day 3,652 of isolation. That's what it feels like. Are you leaning in on Jesus? Are you allowing him to strengthen you and give you what you need? Or are you wrapped up in the news, blaming this person, that person, the president, the mayor, the governor? Who, who, who are you faulting? It's easy to deflect blame. We as believers are called to patiently wait on the second return of Christ. And even in the midst of the trial and the suffering, we lean in on Jesus. We allow him to strengthen our hearts. James doesn't leave us just with those two challenges. It's really neat what he does here is he then gives us an example, right? He says, be patient, strengthen your heart. Okay, James, how do we do that? 
Well, he points to those who've gone before us. Look at this, the third truth here. Consider those who've gone before. Pick up in verse 10. Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count as blessed those who've endured. You've heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Think, think about the prophets. Just read through your Bibles. Read through the Old Testament. Prophet after prophet who suffered so much yet patiently endured while working for the Lord. Think about the prophets. He, he then mentions Job here. Job post patiently waited for the Lord even though he had lost everything. When I mean everything, Job lost it all. James reminds us. He reminds us that we've seen. Look, look at it. Look at the verse closely. There in verse 11. He reminds us that we are the ones who have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. Even through someone like James. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. We as believers have seen what we like to call the rest of the story. I remember growing up. Used to go hunting with my dad. Early in the mornings we'd be going to the woods and he'd have the radio on. We'd listen to the music and just enjoy as we were driving out in the dark in the woods. And, and one of the things I always waited for is it was like every Saturday morning we were going to the woods. This man named Paul Harvey would come on the radio and tell an incredible story. I was young. It just wrapped me up in my mind. And he'd always tell the story and then come to the point where you'd be that aha moment. And if you remember, I'm marking how old I am. You remember he would end with, now we know the rest of the story. That's what James is doing here. He's pulling to Paul Harvey. He's saying, he's saying, look, be patient, strengthen your heart, and remember what God has already done in the lives of his people. Remember what he did for the prophets. Remember what he did for Job. A, a man who, who, was, who lost it all. Think about his tremendous sufferings. Think, think about how he lost his family. He lost, he lost his livelihood. He, he lost everything. Yet through all of that, what was the end result? God blessed him. God brought renewed health. God brought a new family. Hear me. Through his suffering, Job witnessed the faithfulness of God. In the midst of our suffering today, we can see, we can witness the faithfulness of God. There's a man by the name of Hudson Taylor. In 1853, he was 21 years old. Got on a ship to sail to China to be a missionary. After eight years, the church that he pastored there in Ningpo, China, only had 21 members in it. Eight years of service, 21 members in the church. In 1861, he became very ill and was forced to return to England to recover. By 1866, that's five years of illness and suffering, he recovers to some degree, and then he led a group of missionaries back to China to form the China Inland Mission. Now, you've got to understand this about, about Taylor, Hudson Taylor. His, his grueling work just continued. He continued to work at, a, at an incredible pace. The things that he accomplished, the things that he did, the 
translation of the Bible into Chinese and the Mandarin. I mean, it's just incredible all that he accomplished in his life. And all of that work just continued to, to, to go on and on and on while he continued to suffer. His wife and four of his eight children passed away. By 1900, it became too much, and he had a physical and mental breakdown. Before that, Hudson wrote this, trying to challenge believers to look beyond even their own suffering to understand that God has called us to a very particular task. Even in the midst of the trial, to be patient, waiting upon the Lord, while we wait, we're doing something for the glory of the Lord. Hudson wrote this, China is not to be won for Christ by quiet, ease-loving men and women. The stamp of men and women we need is such as will put Jesus, China, and souls first and foremost in everything and at every time. Even life itself must be secondary. Through the trials, through the pain, through the suffering, Hudson Taylor, through all of that that he experienced, God started a gospel movement that is still shaping the foundations of China to this day. Hudson suffered a lot. He experienced great loss, yet in the midst of it all, he was faithful to serve the Lord. As he was recruiting missionaries to go with him, it's kind of funny to think about how he was encouraging those to, to be willing to sacrifice it all and come and serve with him in China. He, he wanted the missionaries to understand that there were there were three indispensable requirements in order to be a missionary. He said, if you want to be a missionary, you've got to understand there's three things that you have to deal with. You, you have to have. These are indispensable. You can't get away from it. You ready for it, church? You ready for it? Here's what he said. Patience. 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 In the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the trials, in the midst of all that you and I will face today, tomorrow, in the days ahead. If we want to be faithfully serving the Lord, we have to understand, as Hudson Taylor did, that, that really what it takes is patience. Patience for the Lord, patience for His return, patience that, that He's going to use us in His time for His glory, patience knowing that He's going to bring us through the trial, patience knowing that He's going to provide just like the farmer. Just like the farmer, we as believers, we're called to, to trust God with, with what we cannot control while at the same time honoring Him with what we can we can't worry about all the things we can't control. We just trust God. Yet the things that we can control, our lives, our faithfulness, our time, we give it to Him. We honor Him with that. Can I encourage you? Don't waste the test of patience that you're in today. Don't waste this test. I don't know exactly what it is that God's trying to teach you. I've been asking the Lord to reveal it to me, to my wife, to my family. Don't waste the test of patience that you're in today. Just remember that we are called to be patient while we draw near to Christ. While we strengthen our hearts in Him. 
while we wait patiently, even in the midst of the trials, commit. Commit to work for the coming harvest. Do all the work that you can the best way that you can. That's the easiest way to say it. Do everything that you can the best way that you can through the strength that the Holy Spirit provides and then ultimately trust God for the fruit of the harvest. In the midst of the trial, in the midst of the suffering, hear me, church. Just be faithful. Be patient. Draw near to Christ. Strengthen your heart in Him. Prop it up against Him. Remember those who've gone before us. Be, be encouraged, be empowered, be emboldened of seeing God's faithfulness in others' lives and even in our own. Remember his faithfulness. Consider those who have gone before us. As we do that, we'll see that this is true biblical patience. And remember, true biblical patience like that, as James would say, it's a sign of true saving faith. I'm going to ask Pastor Ricky to come and just to begin to, to play. If you're gathered here this morning with us earlier, I spoke a little bit about the truth of the gospel. I kind of left you hanging because I wanted to bring you to this moment. In the midst, you're in a lot of suffering, trial, struggles. We all are. You don't know where to turn. Can I encourage you? Can I just tell you there's only one place to turn? When we don't trust in Jesus Christ, we look for something to fill a brokenness and a hole inside of us. And we can look in a lot of different places. But there's only one who can fill the brokenness that we all have. That is the man named Jesus. Will you repent of your sins? Will you confess your sins? Acknowledge those sins before Christ? confess them, repent of them, turn away from those sins, and would you trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord this morning? Will you call upon the name of Jesus Christ and receive Him as Savior and Lord? We have pastors, church leadership who are online right now who'd love to talk with you and pray with you and encourage you. You'll see a number on the screen that you can text, how you can, how you can just takes the word just to, to have someone to reach back out to you if, if you're struggling with what it means to know Jesus Christ as Savior Lord. Maybe some of you here this morning are, are also just believers who have been faithful members of the church and maybe just want, need to know how you can just have prayer. Maybe, maybe you'd like to pray with, with myself or one of the pastors. We'd love to pray with you. You right now say, look, I, Pastor, I've trusted in Jesus Christ, but, but this whole waiting thing, man, I, I'm still struggling with it. I, I got it. I understand. I, all I can encourage you to do is what James says, is to continue to wait patiently. But in, in that, that patient waiting, continue to be faithful. Strengthen your heart in Christ and Christ alone. Don't be like the world looking to feel brokenness and Anthony is somewhere else. Christ is there. He's, he's living inside of your life if you've prayed to receive Christ. You don't have to seek anywhere else. Just, just turn back to Jesus. Strengthen your heart in Him. Remember His faithfulness. Remember His faithfulness in your life. Remember His faithfulness in the life of the prophets. Remember His faithfulness in the life of Job. Remember His faithfulness in the family that's gone before you. Remember the faithfulness of Christ. Be encouraged. 
patiently wait. Strengthen your heart in Him. And one of these days soon, this current trial will end. One of these days soon, we find ourselves in the midst of another trial. It will pass. One of these days soon, all of the chaos around us will come to an end. And we'll see Jesus face to face. I don't know about you, church, but I long for that day. In the meantime, I pray that we'll just be faithful to work for him. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I ask that as we enter into this time of, of commitment, Lord, right now you would speak to our hearts. Lord, for those who are here this morning who have never trusted in Christ yet would like to know how to follow him, I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would move in them at this moment. They would repent of their sins. They would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Lord, for we as your people, the church, I pray that you would remind us that, Lord, we, you, we just have to continue to be patient, waiting upon you to return. Yet while we wait, we strengthen our hearts in you. And we remember your faithfulness. And we work for your glory and yours alone. Lord, continue to lead and guide and direct First Baptist New Orleans. Use us for your glory. Speak to our hearts now. Do business with us. As we draw near to you, we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.